Hello, my name is Emma and I'm a member of the Ebby Church family. I was really thrilled when Esther Legbag asked me to preach during the summer series, which has the brilliant title Psalms, No Filter, a chance to be raw and honest, transparent and authentic, to say it how it is from my perspective. I eagerly awaited the psalm that I was to speak on and the theme that accompanied it. And I smiled when I was sent Psalm 100 with the theme worship and these two questions below it. What is worship? What if we don't like singing? Esther knows me quite well, and she knows that there is something that's quite bemused me through these strange times. When I've asked friends if their churches have reopened and if they've returned to the in-person services, time and time again, people have said to me that yes, their churches have reopened, but Emma, we can't sing. They have missed singing together so much. They have longed for it to resume. That that has been a deal breaker for them has surprised me because it's certainly not the case for me. If you were to ask me how I most worship God, how I best express my thankfulness to him for all that he is and all that he's done for me in my life, it definitely wouldn't be through singing. That's what I want to explore this morning. What worship looks like to me no filters, raw, honest, transparent, and hopefully refreshingly authentic. Let me read today's psalm. Psalm 100, a psalm for giving thanks. Shout for joy, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. No that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. So to me, what is worship? In his book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, John Mark Comer writes, often people hear worship and assume that means singing Bethel songs all day while reading the Bible and practicing intercessory prayer. But I mean worship as anything to index your heart toward grateful recognition of God's reality and goodness. By worship, I mean whole life orientation toward God. In his Spring Harvest Study Guide entitled Worshipping, Mark Green from the London Institute for Contemporary Christianity writes, Worship. When you hear that word, I wonder what first springs to mind. For me, it's singing hymns with fellow believers in a church service or a small group. There's the joy of that, the ease of just being with others who love God. And there's the strength that comes through worshipping with others in good times and in tough times. Biblically, worship includes all that, God's people coming together to sing his praises. But it's much more. Worship isn't just singing to the one true God. 
And it doesn't just happen at particular times, in particular places. Biblically, worship is a way of living. I agree so much with that. And I would add that worship is so much more than just a way of singing. It is a way of living. In fact, that could be the title of my talk today. Worship, a way of living. On the 18th of July, Johnny, my husband and I were here at Ebby for the in-person service. And Stu North, one of the key leaders, appeared on the screen for his standalone preach on justice. And he read verse 23 from Amos 5. Away with the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the music of your harps. But let justice roll on like a river. Righteousness like a never-failing stream. And Stu said this incredible sentence. Worship without justice is just noise. There in that verse and that comment is the whole of my preach today. It makes me think of that incredible verse at the start of 1 Corinthians 13 that you could almost insert the word sing into. If I sing in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Quite simply for me, worship without being a way of living, characterised, hallmarked and shot through by love is just noise. In our psalm today, verse 5 reads, For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. What about those who don't feel it? who don't feel that God is good or that he has love for them. A couple of weeks ago, a Christian friend currently facing some challenging issues in her life WhatsApp me a message that read, I don't feel like God loves me very much at the moment. Where do we go with that? I think that we find the answer in a verse in Romans 12 that I've also been given to speak on in this talk on worship today. Romans 12, verse 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. About 14 years ago, when Johnny and I were in Hebron Hall in Wales on a church weekend away with a previous church, we did an activity based on this verse and how it links to worship. I've never forgotten it. In the four corners of the conference room were a picture of an eye, an ear, a foot and a hand. We had to think about which of these ways of living out our faith did we feel the strongest gifting and greatest affinity with. 
We went to that corner and spent a really valuable half an hour talking with like-minded and similarly gifted people about how we could minister to others in that area. Eyes. Are you someone who notices people and their predicaments? Are you a perceptive and insightful person who picks up when others are struggling? Can you spot injustice a mile off? Could you be the person to help to bring the change for someone? Noticing in the first place can make all the difference in the world. Looking out for someone spurs them on and encourages them beyond measure. I've got such a wonderful example of this. A few days into my last Bethmore Bible study, Pauline, one of the group, had said goodbye to her husband Chris as he headed off to do a gruelling 14-day cycle ride from Land's End to John O'Groats to raise money for the work of Air Ambulance. Suddenly, one morning, a video from Pauline appeared on my phone. I fought back tears as, into view, came one of those bleak hills in Dartmoor that goes down and down and down into the valley, like the ones that you often see in car adverts, with a lone car negotiating the bends. There, at the bottom of this inexorably long hill, in the far distance, was a dot on a bike... And there in the foreground were three young children shouting at the top of their lungs, calling for all they were worth while jumping about with excitement, almost fit to burst. Come on, Grandpa. Come on, Grandpa. Two, four, six, eight. Who do we appreciate? Grandpa. The fact that it was probably going to take Grandpa Chris a further 20 minutes to reach them was beside the point. I was so impacted by their childlike exuberance, their hope. They so wanted him to make it to the top. Worship to me is that we're people like that, rooting for others, willing them on. With Pauline's permission, I sent that video on to each of my Bethmore women with a message saying, let this be a metaphor for us as a group standing together at the top of each other's hills, cheering each other on to run the race with perseverance. Go girls. In Hebrews 12 verse 1 it reads, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Beloved church family, let our worship be placing ourselves on each other's sidelines, at the very top of each other's hills. Let our worship be cheering each other on let our worship be eyes that notice. Ears. Maybe you would have gone to the corner of that Welsh conference room which had the picture of the ear in it. Maybe you've got a gift for listening. Maybe you've been a befriendy during the pandemic and a listening ear for the lonely. 
Or maybe you've spent a lot of time Zooming with family and reconnecting with friends that you haven't been in contact with for a long time. Maybe you're very good at picking up on the things that people don't say. Conversely, what does it feel like when we aren't listened to, when our thoughts and feelings aren't acknowledged? Recently, a visiting friend told me about an older family member who, as a young girl, had had a condition that had left her bedridden in an upstairs bedroom for a year of her young life. And she told me how many times that girl's dad had gone upstairs to check in with her, to listen to her, to offer encouragement and words of support over those long 12 months. Not once. Not once. And she spoke to me of how that girl's life had been blighted by that significant absence, by that feeling of invisibility, that sense of not counting, that she had never quite managed to shift. Let our worship be in giving other people a voice and then listening carefully to what it has to say. Let our worship be in really hearing people. Hands. In Ebby's 11th of July service, Rachel B., the director of Bristol Hospitality Network, which seeks to support destitute asylum seekers and refugees here in our city, spoke about how God calls us and equips us as a church to be real and living out holistic welcome. She said, God may take us to places that we couldn't even have dreamed of. He just asks us to join in. All that I'm doing is joining in with him, putting my hand in his hand. He will equip. What might it look like putting our hands into the hand of God and waiting for his leading? Are we even up to it? It isn't enough that we spot the people who are struggling. It isn't enough that we hear their cries for help. One of the most important things that I want to say this morning is this. The vital thing is that we don't leave people where they are may be broken, struggling, lonely, desperate. It may need to be our hand that reaches out and lifts them to their feet. We worship God when we notice people, when we reach people, when we minister to people, when we are the change that we seek. When we don't just talk about it, or even sing about it, but when we do it. Recently, my Uncle Max was in an incredible live Zoom performance called Sensations, based on the ageing process. And I had the pleasure of sitting with my dad beside me, watching the cast from Wales and London, sharing a whole range of moving and impactful life experiences. One of the performers had had a stroke, and he talked about the time when he'd come out of hospital and his physiotherapist came for her first home visit to him. And he told us 
how she threw her arms around him, enveloping him, and how he lived in the memory of that hug for weeks. It was Mother Teresa who said, do small things with great love. Towards the end of her July preach, Rachel B. told us of the way that she and others in her little inner city church community loved, encouraged, enveloped, encompassed, and in asylum seeker who was about to be moved unexpectedly to another city. In such a significant, life-giving way that unbeknown to them at the time prevented him from taking his own life. That's what worship of our Heavenly Father looks like in my book. My goodness, that's what worship looks like. Finally, feet. A few weeks ago, we were watching the Alpha Who is the Holy Spirit session with our Alpha at Home group when up onto the screen came Jackie Pullinger, who as a young music student in 1966 got on a boat and asked God to let her know when she should get off, which ended up being Hong Kong, where she began the most incredible work amongst the triad gangs and drug addicts of the walled city in Kowloon. This is what Jackie Pullinger said about feet. God wants us to have soft hearts and hard feet. So often we have hard hearts and soft feet. The hard feet is to go on loving them. And suddenly I was transported back in time over 30 years because when I was a teenager, I went out with my mum to work for a month with Jackie Pullinger in Hang Fook Camp in Kowloon. There are so, so, so many things that I remember from that experience, from spending a month eating every meal with chopsticks, to trying not to look at mum struggling to eat a chicken foot with claws hanging out of her mouth, to my crash course in Cantonese, which led me to answer the telephone at the camp and broadcast messages across the Tannoy system. Lung wai lung, lung wai lung, tendi moi, tendi moi, am goila lai de umjo, am goila lai de umjo, which translates as lung wai lung, lung wai lung, telephone call, telephone call, please come to hut five. I still remember it to this day, never forgotten. But there is a memory that stands out in far clearer focus than all of the others. And that is of a person. One day, members of the Hang Fook camp team were walking along the street, and there in the gutter was a pile of newspaper that they went to step over. And then the newspaper moved, and they realised that there was a lady underneath it a very little lady. What they didn't know was that she was a middle-aged sex worker whose veins had collapsed due to her heroin use. So her pimps had begun injecting into her back. 
but when that had become infected so that she was no longer any use to them, they had thrown her out like trash onto the street. But the people who found her knew that she wasn't trash. And they knew the love of her heavenly father, a love that indeed endures forever. And they worshipped that heavenly father through their way of living, through their bodies that were living sacrifices to their awesome God. And they didn't leave her where she was. They did what they were commanded to do. They picked her up into their loving arms and they carried her home. I had the joy and the privilege of working alongside that phenomenal little lady as we did the laundry together in the camp. Without common language and decades apart in age, I can tell you that we had the most incredible blast. I counted her and always will. Elfrida, my friend, long dead now. When we left at the end of our life-changing month, Elfrida gave me a gift that remains amongst my most treasured possessions. Elfrida was able to enter God's gates in Psalm 100 with thanksgiving and his courts with praise because of a community of people who didn't leave her where she was, because of a group of worshipping believers with a whole life orientation towards God that altered how she saw herself who showed her the enduring, faithful, trustworthy love of God. My gift from Alfreda, given to me by her 33 years, two weeks and four days ago, is so much more than merely a yellow T-shirt. The passage in 1 Corinthians 13 that says how we are like resounding gongs and clanging cymbals when we live without love, shot through all that we do, goes on to say words that were the reason why the worship of those believers in the ward city in Hong Kong led them to notice Alfreda buried under other people's trash. Worship that meant that they weren't prepared to leave her there. Worship that compelled them to pick her up, to carry her home, where she could be cared for and cherished. Worship that ultimately helped to change her life. Worship that was so much more than just noise, just guitars, just singing. Worship that was a way of living when they showed 
Elfrida that love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. How do you best worship God? How do you best express to him your thankfulness and your love? For me, as I've shared honestly with you today, it's definitely not through singing. That's just me. Dare I say it, singing along is so often the easy way to worship. It doesn't even need to involve us getting up out of our church seats or the safety of our armchairs if we're watching at home or out of our comfort zones or out of the same way that we always do things. I believe that unfortunately it's oh so easy to be comfortable consumers where sung worship is concerned. Does it even involve sacrifice? What about worship that means getting up out of our chairs, our routines, our familiar? What about when our worship isn't just noise? What about when our worship is a way of living, a whole life orientation towards God? When in Hangfoot camp, as a 19-year-old girl teetering on the brink of my future life, I didn't hear Elfrida sing a single word. I didn't witness her clap along to a single chorus. I didn't watch her play a single guitar or clang a single cymbal. So how is it that over three decades later, I still remember how Elfrida worshipped her awesome Father God. Because, quite simply, I remember how she loved, with a patient love, with a kind love, with a love that didn't boast, that wasn't self-seeking, with a love that protected and that defended with a love that noticed, that made you feel that you mattered, with a love that always trusted, that always hoped, that always persevered. How will the way that you and I worshipped our awesome Father God be remembered in the years to come when our earthly frame is no longer in this world. 
and in the years to come, who will maybe close their eyes for a moment and still remember the sound of your voice, of my voice, cheering them on from their sidelines and from the top of their hills when they needed it the most. To close, I'm going to say that I think that we best show our thanks to God like it urges us to do in the title of Psalm 100, that we worship our timeless creator God most meaningfully, most memorably, most impactfully when we love. Let us pray. Father God, you are indeed good and your love endures for all time. Give us the courage, the conviction and the commitment to do combinations of small things with the biggest, widest, most encompassing of love that we possibly can. May our love be one that embraces, empowers, changes those whom it touches. Forgive us when we enter your gates, not so much full of thanksgiving and praise, but as comfortable consumers. Get us out of our chairs and into your world. May we thank you, honour you and worship you with the eyes, ears, hands and feet that you have given to us. May we be those who deliberately place ourselves on people's sidelines and at the top of their hills, rooting for them, cheering them on. And may they hear us loud and clear. Strengthen us, God. Equip us, God. Trust us with love, God. Amen. <laughs>